welcome to Jack the Last Podcast, where we talk about the HBO series, Gentleman Jack. Uh, but actually, we have a very special episode today where we are breaking down uh, the BBC film, The Secret Diaries of Miss Ann Lister. Uh, I'm Carrie. And I'm Kelsey. And it's nice to be back. I mean, we're, we're in deep in hiatus content now. Or we're just going for what else is out there. Um, but it's, it's also nice. our first episode of 2022. Yeah, new decade, mm-hmm. new... I don't know. <laughs> no, there, that's about it. New decade. There, there's Same no thing. 20 gay teen. It's not 20 by teen anymore. It's just 2020. Uh, now someone's like 2020 for trans. Yeah. I'm like, that's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. I was trying to, we're trying to figure out a one that works for lesbians, but I guess 2021 lesbian. <laughs> that's stretching know. a little bit. You know, we got a year to figure it out. Good. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to let, uh, the good folks in the T have 2020, uh, lesbians have a year to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be right on it. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we log off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we sat through. Uh, well, actually, let me pull up the IMDb page because I'm I'm unclear about exactly. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what year I want. I, for, I forgot to do this when I was watching earlier. Um, I want to know um, who directed it and like what year it came out. I know it was on BBC. Wait, wait, wait. I know. But I want to know um, who directed it. Was it a man? This looks actually this looks like the tv series uh wait oh actually <gasps> no never mind i found it what year all right let's play a game what year do you think it came out <sighs> the actress that plays her looks a lot older now than she did then so i'm gonna go like 20 2008 uh her name is Maxine Peak. Max, yeah. She was in uh, Black Mirror like a se- two seasons ago. She was in what? Black Mirror. Oh, The black and white episode that I can't remember. Metalhead. The one with the dogs, the metal dogs, yes. the robots. Oh, that That's was her. one I didn't watch. Yeah, that and she was also... She was in the show The Bisexual, which... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She played like the lesbian in it, yeah. I need to watch that. It should be high most. Um <laughs> <laughs> But... Yeah, okay, so you think it was directed by a man? Yeah, and I think it was made in 2008. Okay, so it came out in 2010. Not too uh, It was directed by a man, James Kent, but it was written by a woman, Jane English, who... Oh, she wrote for Harlots. That's pretty cool. My mom likes that show. Yeah, I watched, Featuring I think, the Sybil pilot. Featuring Downton Abbey. Yes, um... Jessica Finlay Brown or Brown yeah. Finlay. She has two names, so I yeah. never keep those straight. Um, but yeah, I watched like the first couple episodes and I really liked it. Um, I feel like it's a show that very much would have picked up, that picks up in later episodes. So I would go back and finish that. Yeah, my mom likes it. At some it. point. Um, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it. I looked at it and maybe it's just because like um, technology, like, shooting aesthetics and, and technology has come um, so far in the last 10 years mm-hmm. that it just looked so much older, but it could just be low budget BBC. Cause like, I will say the costumes are really what made this movie look uh, like the budget that it was. Yeah. The, uh, the wardrobe is bad. It's really bad. It looks it's not dusty. right. 
for it the looks time dusty period. Too. It, it looks, yeah, it. I'm sure this costume person, I'm not going to look up their name, um, did their damnedest with what they were given in terms of time and money constraints, but it looks like a community theater uh, Her hats and Lister's hats are not good. Honest to goodness, it looks like community theater Pride and Prejudice, (laughs) which is weird because I'm like, this is supposed to be the 1830s. The fashion was a lot bigger by this in terms Mm -hmm. of like... There were no puff sleeves. Yeah, there were no puff sleeves. Uh, The corset stuff, it was all like that high, like sort of empire cut. Mm -hmm. So it's like right under the bust uh, and then flowy uh, down, which is like what you see when you see Jane Austen adaptations. And Jane Austen Mm -hmm. stuff is set like about, it ranges from like the 1790s to like 1810s, early 1810s thereabouts, uh, really for a lot of stuff. So this is a good like 20 years. Yeah, I think... I think yeah. this starts in the 1820s because I know Mariana historically got married then, and that maybe, and they like met in the early 1820s, maybe late 1810s. I'm not really sure, but it's like somewhere in there. But this movie takes place in like through a chunk of the 1820s, and then obviously ends around 1834, 1835. Right. So you know, it would have been like. A while and it's but the fashion didn't change it wasn't like we were we started there and then ended with recognizable fashion that looked a little more in line with like um you know um the mid i guess early mid 20th or not 20th goodness 19th century um it didn't we didn't see it evolve it just all looked very much the same Mm -hmm. and the way in which they dressed Anne (laughs) prior to her I I mean obviously her switching to all black is a significant moment we do get to see it and I think we'll we should do a a rough overview we're not going to go too deep into the plot because if you watch them and Jack you know everything that's happened it's been alluded to so far in season one but we're kind of we're kind of getting the backstory stuff up until she meets Anne Walker and then we get what would you say like seven minutes of Ann Walker <laughs> in the entire yeah, it was series. Like these weird or in the entire like, uh, they'll TV cut movie. to a scene where they're like playing cards and then oh Ann Walker's there, which none of that happened. None of that. There's so no. many anachronisms and like liberties taken in this movie. It like really makes me irritated, especially because of like how as well as Sally Wainwright treats the history and the off the integrity of the diaries. I'm just like bro. Like, Ann Walker just keeps popping up through the whole movie in these random scenes. Yeah, there was, the first time they introduced her, I was like, oh, I don't think they met at this point in time. Because it was, like, at a party that Mariana is at also. And I was like, I don't think she ever met, or she would have met Mariana at this point in time. But I'm like, you know what? They do make a point of saying they met her, they met 10 years prior to them actually getting together. So, like, um, Ann Walker would have been 19-ish, 18, 19 uh, you know, Ann Lister would have been in her early 30s by that point. I'm like, um, so I was like, ah, well, I think she you know, was, okay. She was a little bit younger. I know, like, in the, the show, and I think this is true, she went to visit them after her parents died. So that was, I think she might have been, like, 18. Great. Who, Ann Lister? Yeah. No, no, no. Ann Lister uh, wouldn't Walker, have been. When Walker. she met Ann no, Walker. No, 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 no. no. Ann Walker was 18 Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do make a point of that. And we'll get to what's like they meet at like a funeral 
Or like she sees like a woman crying out of grave and they're like, oh, you know, she's the last of her family. She inherited this huge yeah, she, crazy fortune. She goes to her brother's funeral, which Anne Lister right. didn't go to her brother's funeral. Right. She probably yeah. wasn't even there. She was, and they like leave out the whole, we're getting, they leave out like the whole her going to Paris and meeting Vera Hobart. Like they leave, there's a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's yeah. like so, not right. And uh, my quibble with this isn't so much, um, that they did it wasn't encyclopedic of all the women that she boned down on like i just i don't know like obviously you can't do everything but what they had in there i'm like i don't think any part of this was even if it's based in truth it didn't feel true to ann lister as yeah we have and granted and i'm not trying to constantly compare it to gentleman jack because gentleman jack is a very specific interpretation with a lot of research behind it, you know, a lot of expertise behind it. But um, I don't know. I will say what I will say as a compliment to make it a compliment sandwich. Uh, the actors, I think, really. <laughs> I was going to say try, re- tried really hard. But I was like, it was written and acted very earnestly yeah. in a way that was endearing where I was like, oh, you know, if I wasn't comparing to something I liked significantly more, I would accept this I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say like the actors are all very talented I, I there was no one I was sitting there like wow this girl cannot yeah like the woman that it. plays Anne is like an accomplished British actress the girl that plays yeah. Tim no, is great. an accomplished British British actress she was in uh, the first season of Killing Eve and she was in something with Saran Jones which fun fact her and Saran Jones are like best friends so I'm Aww. saying she gets cast as Tib they did that with Aunt Anne Lister it's the same woman that played her in this movie, plays her in the show. They should do that with Tib too, because and that's she's like great in both. Yeah, she's great I like her more in Gentleman Jack though. They really, it didn't seem like her, you know, in the show, and then what I've read of the diaries, it seemed like her aunt was pretty like aware of her like sexual orientation. But in this movie, it just seemed like it went both like right over <laughs> her aunt and uncle's it head. It really did, and it was a very interesting choice to have because even in Gentleman Jack, they're not. She's never, well, I won't say that. She is actually fairly open. She's not, you know, explicit about, like, her sex life with Anne or anything mm-hmm. at all. But she's she's definitely, like, you you get the feeling that she confides in her about her heart, right? Yeah. Um, and this one, yeah, it was very much like, oh, why won't you get married? Oh, can we talk about the really big change? Sorry. Not to, uh, I, well, I'm trying to decide what I, if I want to ask you to, give the timeline of this movie or if I want to object to the fact that her dad has been is not in this movie he's just but her erased. uncle is her yeah. dad is straight up erased yeah and the uncle is there yeah and so they're all living at Shibden which was not ever until she inherited it they all lived elsewhere well um, she lived at Shibden before see she was sent to live at Shibden because her dad was like I can't handle this chick anymore and then she got kicked out of boarding school then yeah. after she got kicked out of boarding school she might have went home for a little bit but then she went to live with her aunt and uncle so she was at that point living with them but like after her okay. after um uh, her, her uncle died I think her father moved in if not before because see they were all siblings yeah, but they were adult. I, I don't know. I was very confused about how, like, when she was like, oh, there are certain things I want to do to remodel Shibden. He was telling her no, but that makes sense if she hadn't inherited yet. Okay. Because, yeah. like, then they killed him off, and I was like, oh, here we go. This makes sense. But I was like, where is her 
dad. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't really inherit yeah. Shibden until her uncle died officially. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was helping out, but it wasn't hers yet. But it was also very... In this... Um, in this iteration, he seems to not have the faith in her that we're led to believe that he would have had. You know what I mean? Or in terms of, like... He's giving this estate, he's skipping the line of succession yeah. to give it to her. We don't really see that competency um, that she would have had to demonstrate for him to be like, I'm going to do something radical. And also the fact that he does do this really radical thing of like passing over his blood male relation mm-hmm. or direct, you know, relation to go to a descendant who's a woman, yeah. um, he would have had tremendous faith, excuse me, tremendous faith in her. And he probably, and you know, we could have seen her being a baddie running the estate. And that was just a moment that we didn't get. Uh, mm-hmm. at all, even like once or twice, or even the allusion to her being hyper competent and like out here uh, tilling the land or getting the rent or doing, doing whatever she would do, yeah. managing uh, her almost called them servants but yeah i guess i guess they would be her the people who work the land for her her servants or whatever her contractors we don't really see any of that and granted this film is focusing a lot more on her love affairs but i'm like i don't know i just felt it was very odd and it also kind of ignores the financial the very specific like very victorian sort of gold digging reasons why she yeah. was even initially interested in Ann Walker. Cause if we had her uh, meeting Ann Walker, according to this movie's timeline, when she was much younger, when her heart was like freshly broken after Mariana was married, she would have pretty much, I think she would have like glommed on to Ann Walker even yeah. sooner. And like the, but then they have person, her, a woman that, who's even younger. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. That weird scene in the church where she's like, has those spectacles on. And she's like, scoping at women in church i'm like what i really didn't like that <laughs> and, f- and first of all like that was a- <laughs> it was funny but i was like what is but happening it was so, she was so bad at being a secret lesbian in this movie i'm like <laughs> ma'am i just couldn't get over it. she took the time for a woman who took the time to develop her own code she was showing passages to multiple women who could read this code perfectly and I'm like, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of a code if you're going to teach multiple people how to read it? Yeah. I'm like, that's like, crazy. Think Mariana might have known how because they just knew each other so long and she knew that she, like, kept a diary. And maybe Tib did, too, because they were friends for, like, a super long time. But it wasn't, I don't think it was as casual as, like, Mariana can just take her diary and, like, read it. Well, at one point it. she and, hands it to her. It's like, read this entry where I shit on you and how yeah. mad you made me. And she's like slowly reading it in this like co- I was like okay but then her scoping this woman out in church with these like spectacles and I was like ma'am this is so obvious what are you doing like staring at this woman's cleavage during like a homily I'm like what are you doing I know a rock of ages is still like a pretty that's like I, I was like I know this one you know that huh? yeah. <laughs> it's rock a pretty ubiquitous of one ages, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, I, it's I, I not my favorite. Church growing up <laughs> doesn't slap. Uh, <laughs> uh, so okay, so a very quick rundown. Do you want to take it from the top of like kind of give us big picture? Uh, what we cover, who we see, who we meet. Yeah. So this movie starts out in some random year, 
that is unlike specified, but I'm gonna say it's like early-ish 1820s, mid 1820s, because um, I don't have the date in my mind when Marion actually got married. But it starts off, they're happy, and then like they go. It, this movie moves really fast and like makes huge time jumps, and also oh, time yeah. jumps that aren't in order. So also, it's like yeah, four and a half minutes in, I took a note. It's like, and I just wrote forest fuck. Yes. Yeah. Like literally four and a half minutes in, they're on a walk with like this group of women. Well, sorry, can I just back it up and say it? the first shot we see her at like this figure on the moors and a mm-hmm. dark coat. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm with it. She pulls out this really creepy, like, not a pair, like telescope, like a pocket telescope that's yeah. so eight, like it's so excuse me, 19th century and so weird. And she's like scoping out her friends or whatever. And I'm like, this is a very weird thing, but a thousand percent Ann Lister would own this because Ann Lister was a weirdo, Um, which is why we love her. And then she like is hanging out with um, some friends and with Mariana and then they go for a walk and then they wait till the group gets like five steps ahead of them. They duck behind some moss and they start banging in the forest. And I'm like, ma'am, ma'ams, ticks. <laughs> All I could think was like, there are ticks in here. <laughs> but yeah, the, to, to get to your point, it was extremely fast, yeah. the pacing. that. And then it's like, literally the next scene, oh, she's marrying Charles Lawton. And I'm like, wait. Literally like, the I next know scene. That, I'm like, I know that, you know, it wasn't, it probably was like they were fine one minute, then she was getting engaged the next. Because Mariana was always like shady, but... Still, it was just like, whoa, man. Like, I don't think it all happened, like, this close together, but go ahead. Then Ann Walker's at this random picnic at the beginning, which didn't happen. Ann Lister met Ann Walker, like, once or twice when she was, like, a teenager. And then when she... And then the big one that we talk, they talk about Gentleman Jack is, like, when her parents died. She came and had tea and, like, you know, that's, like, Ann Walker remembers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remembers, I guess, when she, like, really felt something. But she was like, I saw you early when I was 14 and I felt, you know, that whole scene. Yeah. And then she doesn't see her again until she's, like, 40, so. Yeah. <laughs> There's none of these, like, random meetings. Also, whoa, Mrs. Priestley, they say that's her aunt in the show. That's not her aunt. That's her cousin. Like, there's no Aunt Ann Walker. They just, like, erase her aunt and make Miss Priestley, who was her cousin, which is important to know to, like, understand things, is her cousin. It's not her aunt, but they make her the aunt. Like. <laughs> it- yeah. I was like, there were things like that where I was just like, I don't really understand the narrative purpose of what you're doing. Because if you wanted a powerful aunt in the Walker family, just use the- Aunt um, Walker. That could have been the same actress, just change your name. Yeah. Well, no. I'm like, also, they could have cut in um, as- What's his face? The Ross, um, messy- like, oh, she was in it. Matriarch. And she was, but I yeah. was like, you could use that character to fill that same function. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to upgrade a cousin to an aunt. I don't know. I thought that was a very strange choice. Yeah. I was do. like, dude, I mean, Liz, I know how hard it is to make TV and movies and like budgets and everything. Like, trust me, I get it. But that's like a pure narrative choice. It doesn't cost you any money to make either way. So that yeah, was, that's me, a, was just a like, line of dialogue of like, yeah. oh, well done, cousin. Instead of, I don't know. But, like, you know, it's... Like, maybe it, it makes her more of an authoritative figure, but, like, I mean, we all know that things worked differently back then, and she was probably the most senior family member to be able to take care of her that was, like, able, because Aunt Ann Walker was right. so much older. So it would make sense. Like, she could still be her cousin. It makes sense in Gentleman Jack. 
Um, but she's still a jerk in this show, too. They didn't change that at all. She's still, no. like, shady and, like, condescending. Though I thought she started off in Gentleman Jack nicer than she did in this movie. So Yeah. But also, again, Gentleman Jack has the luxury of time. So if, if yeah. someone's going to be a rival or an enemy to them getting together, you have to set that up fast. You don't have time to, like, have, you know, opinions change. Yeah. Really. And also they make, like... So this is skipping ahead, but then they... So basically, all right, so Mariana gets married. And Anne Lister goes to the wedding, which... Maybe somebody watching this pod, uh, listening to this podcast can like let us know because I don't, I haven't read Secret Diaries of Miss Ann Lister the the journal entries yet, so I don't know this, but I don't think Ann Lister went to Mariana's wedding. I don't think she would have had the strength to do yeah. so. Like she barely um, went to Vera Hobart's wedding, and she was well. If she didn't go to if she didn't go to Vera, you know what I'm saying? Like if she didn't go to yeah. Vera Hobart's wedding, she definitely didn't go to Mariana's wedding. No, because Vera Mariana Hobart was the love mean, of her life. For- yeah decades plural so i like i feel um, like she didn't go like we know she'd start wearing black like at that same time so that was accurate oh and i just i did copy down the line i decided to free myself from the tyranny of fashion by always wearing black <laughs> the day of mariana's wedding because they she runs down they are all going to the church and she just comes out in this all black ensemble which i would do want to point out prior to this they were dressing her very femme the entire yeah. film or the entire yeah the entire film even when she's in her all black, it's still very feminine looking. Yeah, this we was a more film weird... and Lister, which for me didn't play. Yeah. And like, like Maxine Pete's a great actress, but Saran Jones just has like this, like big dick energy, like suaveness about her that like yeah. makes her Ann Lister, which that she carries yeah. that into all of her roles. If you see her in anything, she's kind of got this like big dick energy vibe to her that is just like I think that's just part of her persona and she's tall and she's got dark hair yeah. and stuff also Anna Lister was not a redhead she had dark brunette hair that was in the portraits we have painted of her yeah and Walker was a blonde we do know that we don't really know what she looked like but we know she was blonde so it's just like man that's just like a wig Bam. yeah that would be an easy wig <laughs> although I will say wigs were also not the strong suit of this production yeah uh, <laughs> not to not to you know put too fine a point on it but the thing that was really interesting was like how feminine they wrote even beyond um you know this actor's interpretation of like you know present because like we know in the historical record like that she, her, a lot of her behavior was described as mannish and very masculine and very um unusual for the time period we didn't really see that and especially since one of the first scenes um we have her like singing at the piano right before they announce uh, Mariana's engagement. And I was like, I cannot. And granted, this is based on, uh, you know, Sarah and Jones's interpretation. I could not imagine her playing nice and singing along at the piano. Like I could imagine like, you know, maybe if everyone is doing it at like mm-hmm. Christmas time or whatever, or like in church, but it was a very feminine for the 19th century, it was, it was considered a lady's talent, right? To play piano, to sing. We see that a lot in like Austin novels where it's like being a good singer is what you do to attract a man. Like this was a thing you didn't do for yourself. You did at to be ornamental and to be noticed. And I can't imagine <laughs> um, this character there. Although theoretically, you know, she would have at boarding school taken some level of music classes. Well, she likely. did play flute. Somebody found an entry yeah. where she wrote like an... They, like, found the lyrics or something. She wrote a flute, a song on the flute for Mariana and, like, sang it to her. 
That's oh, real. Wow. Somebody found that. So her singing's oh, not wow. too unrealistic, but I don't think she would in that setting. In that, like yeah, that and that's something, what, in the yeah. fact in, in that setting, they immediately go, congratulations, Mariana, on your engagement. And again, this Ann Lister is so bad at being a secret lesbian that she immediately her face collapses mm-hmm. at this news. She grabs Mariana as everyone's congratulating, grabs her by the arm and they go have a pretty loud argument <laughs> in the next room or like a, a, a pretty normal voiced conversation where they're both like near tears. And then they return to the room and I'm like, does no one think that's weird? <laughs> I it's just like they're in like the frame of the yeah. where the room separates. So just like in the frame of the room, and I was like, yeah. man. And also, you don't too, even go into a different room and lock the door. Yeah, and it sounds like they, in this movie they're playing that they hadn't had their own. Because remember, Maron and Anne did take the sacrament together and weren't married. Yeah. That yeah. had already happened at this point. They pretend like that had never happened because then they have that weird ring exchange when she Way goes later. to visitor. Yeah, but that had already happened. Yeah. That had happened before Charles Lawton. It didn't, yeah, it didn't make sense for her to do that after they were married. Because, yeah, it, like, what is the point? Yeah. Yeah, she would have done that before, which is why Mariana getting married was such a betrayal. Yeah. I will say, though, my favorite part of this, and this is what I was thinking for next season of Gentleman Jack, like, I think we really need an introduction of Tib, because now that her and Mariana, like, relationship is kind mm-hmm. of, like, she doesn't have anybody to kind of anchor her in, like, reality, because her and Mariana are going to always no. have difficulty because of their past. But Tib was like that lifelong friend that like kind of grounded her and yeah. also always really loved Anne. And like I think what in the mo- what they showed in the movie that's probably pretty accurate is the fact that like Tib always regretted that she couldn't be with Anne. Yeah. Um I think Tib Tib always from what I've read Tib always yeah. wanted to be with her, but Tib was like an alcoholic and um, Tim is a mess, and I have to say, I loved her. Yeah, no, it's I like I want her in season second. season two because I think A she'll ground the show, and they talked about her a lot in the last season, not like her specifically, but they talk about the Norcliffs all the time. Yeah, so eventually you have to introduce them, and she's such a vital part of Ann Lister's past. I think it would just kind of like because we need to like, there's six years of her life left, but I think if they really want to like deep delve into her psychology it would be nice to push back into the past some to kind of like split up time you know and a good connector between her past and future would be tib i'm just thinking from like a writer's standpoint yeah so i really would love to see her and if they cast this this woman uh susan lynch i think that'd be dope because yeah. like i told you her she and was Jones fantastic are, um, are like best friends in real life but also she has i will say of all the characters this there's a scene where First of all, let me just say, Tib is full on chaotic energy, mm-hmm. and I love the idea of whoever they cast for this. If they keep the spirit of Tib's like, pa- like she's a presence, and I would love the idea of imagining Sophie Rundles and Walker. Yeah, and that, a that's true. To life. She was a big personality. It's like that's why her and Anne didn't work out. Anne thought her thought she was too much. The yeah. handle, she didn't fit her ideal of, like, a quiet, like, country girl. Which is and she wanted, like, a white, like, yeah. a, a dainty wife. Yeah. Um, I will say, what? Oh, at one point, oh, what is one right now? Like, Tib just low-key does coke on Ann Lister's bed. I know, I noticed that <laughs> when I saw that today when I was watching. I was, I was like, oh, that's what Carrie up. was talking about. Because I, I didn't realize that the first time. Because I never really watched it full, like, from start to finish. I just like watch some of the sex scenes, oh, some of the scenes. I couldn't imagine watching this twice, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. It's it's not good. This movie, like in the parts of it that 
again, it's very earnestly done. A lot of work clearly went into this production. The actors and the writers were very committed to what they put out. But it's just such a, I don't know. It's just like not good, bad. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not like hilarious when you're watching it. But there are like some very beautiful, genuine moments. But then you get moments of like, Ann Lister running into the forest to like scream like she's, you know, that Earth First video that was shot in Asheville? No. Okay. Well, Earth First were like climate activists in like early 2000s, late 90s, where they literally just went. Yeah. And were like screaming in the woods to mourn the death of trees that were cut down. (laughs) We'll link to this in the. (laughs) I'll send it to you to link into our show notes. Yeah. So I was just like, there are moments like that that are just so over the top and melodramatic, but then you have these very fun and this belief. I will say the only scene of romantic chemistry that I actually believed between um, Ann Lister and any of the woman, women that they had her hook up with in this film was between her and Tib when they're rolling around on the bed and they're flirting with each other. Mm-hmm. Like it was not a salacious scene at all. And it didn't feel male gazy at all. It was just very playful yeah. But horny. And I was like, this was the first, like, truthful... Like, she, the actress who played Mariana, she had no... These two actors had no chemistry. Yeah. At all. The something like, also, I, even though I don't... I didn't think they liked each other, even, like, as people. <laughs> like, that didn't even come across. Um, I will say, though, it seems like Lydia Leonard and Sarian Jones like each other. Like, they have chemistry. It's, like, chaotic, like, bad ex toxic chemistry. Mm. But, like, it works. Like, you can tell, like, they're into each other, like... There's heat yeah. there. Yeah. And there I is. believed it. But at least uh, like with her and all of the all of the women including the Ann Walker in this version, they all just they seemed very dispassionate but then would kiss when they were clearly directed to kiss. Yeah. And I'm like, I I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, Where are we I going didn't here? see it. And they both played well, Maxine Pete is played a lesbian. You know, she plays it in the bisexual. I don't know how much how graphic they get into it and then susan lynch um in killing eve she played like a she was straight but she had an affair with villanelle when she was a like uh like 18 so Mm. um that's a show i need to get into oh it's good um so she you didn't see her like with her but like she had to play the energy like she fell in love with like a a student of like a former lover yeah like susan lynch was her teacher Mm. in school but she was of age of course um yeah but they like had an affair when she was her teacher so they she had to play the fact that she still had these but then like villanelle killed her husband so it's like it was weird like you could tell she hated her because she was going on thing (laughs) but she also like it was a really intense thing in her life so it was this weird like she played it really well even though there was no like physical scene between them so they Mm. both know how to play queer parts so i think that's why they're able to like have that chemistry they weren't uncomfortable around each other you know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, that woman who played Ann Walker, they had, like, no chemistry. And just to, to see... I wrote minus 20... Verbatim, Kelsey, <laughs> I tell you, I wrote... A.W. So, Ann Walker has minus 20 chemistry with this A.F. <laughs> and I'm like, literally, you could have put any other person on Earth with her, and it would have been the same scenes. Um, what was I saying? Oh, there was, like, a journal entry where, like, Tib and Ann had, like, had sex... And like analyst of the next day described her as dry as a stick. Which Yikes! Is- <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's that's the Ann Walker and Ann Lister chemistry in this that movie." That is 
terrible. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, in the scene where they start hooking up, where Tib and Anne Walker, or sorry, that's a fanfic. <laughs> Tib really and Anne is. Lister start hooking up. I wrote, why are they so loud and hooking up with the door open? <laughs> yeah. This is, and this was in Anne Lister's house with her like uncle and aunt and mm-hmm. everyone else. Like, I'm like, why would you do? Again, this Anne Lister is bad at being a secret lesbian. Can that be the episode title for this? Like the sub yeah. episode. <laughs> Anne Lister's bad at being a secret lesbian. Yeah. Um, the gate kiss seat. Can we, we have to discuss that was weird. Please describe what happened. Cause I was, I literally was just like this. I don't like. So, you know, as they say to get over somebody, you have to get under somebody else. So Ann Lister uh, spies this girl at church and they like start talking and she gives her like, her name is Miss Brown. Miss Brown, who I don't think existed. I think that is not no, true. I don't at think all. This, is either. this is a plot device that didn't need to be there in the first place. Um, we could have just, you know, used her real interim lover, which was Vera Hobart, which never actually, we all know, we've seen the show. So, um, they, you know, she tells Tib about her and they go on this little walk and, uh, they go to this gate and Tib's like, the only way Miss Lister lets anybody through this gate is with a kiss. And then Tib kisses her with this kind of like longing, like, love me and (laughs) look in her face and then, so Miss Brown has to kiss her, and then she kisses her, and it's like... It is she, a lot of tongue. It goes yeah. on, like, so long, which I'm like, this poor girl was, like, ambushed and was not, like, sure where, we were, where like, this was going when she saw Tib do it. Mm-hmm. And then, but she, like, consents, or, like, at the very least, like, doesn't resist in any yeah, way, or she doesn't, like, like... She was like, sure, I'll do it, but she seemed, like, uneasy, which I'm like... That makes sense. She's young. Also, this is like, oh, women can kiss each other sort mm-hmm. of thing. But she doesn't. But it just goes on for so long. Well, then there's camera. this weird, like, this quote by her after. She's like, well, there's kissing and then there's kissing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but also I don't in this, this like, moment in time. And, oh, I was going to say, and I feel like it's yeah. a little bit of illusion. I don't think this movie's that smart. But there's, like, a rumor from, like, early Diaries of Anne that, like, her and Tib had a threesome one time at, after a party because they were both flirting with this girl. But they don't, she doesn't write about it. But mm. there's, like, it's like a, it's like a rumor thing that there's no, like, you know, diary proof of it happening. But there's, like, a rumor yeah. in the diary community that Anne and Tib potentially had, like, a threesome with this woman they met at a party. Because they stayed up until, like, they stayed up all night with her. It's something, like, really, like, in like, it could be Vague. construed one yeah. way, but maybe not. But I feel like mm. Anne would have wrote about that, but maybe that was even too salacious for Anne to write down. But there's like that's, a rumor that they did. Wow. There's also a bunch of fanfics about it, too. She called that's... a woman dry as a stick, and you think this is where she draws the line? Is that yeah. like... I don't know, man. I don't that was, know. That was in a later journal entry, like when she was trying to get over Mariana would like hook up with Tib on occasion. That was, like, towards the end of their, like, sexual relationship. But when they were younger and they were friends before Mariana came along, there's a rumor that they had, like, a threesome with a woman they met at a party and were flirting with. I very much like the thing of, uh, as we see throughout this film, and, like, as, you know, depending on where Gentleman Jack takes us in the future, of because the pool was so, so small 
that these same few women kept coming in and out of each other's lives. Like they mm-hmm. couldn't let go. Cause like they both, you know, were lonely and wanting, mm-hmm. you know, female companionship, but like also couldn't let go of each other. Really? Yeah. Just, well, it's like, and uh, cause also cause it wasn't a dating Anne, pool. Anne died. Yeah. Tib outlived her, but Tib never married. She was like, like Anne, like she couldn't be with a man. They were yeah. very similar in that. I think that was like Anne's only friend that she knew for sure was just like her. Where everybody mm-hmm. else she had to kind of bring over to her way of thinking. Where I think yeah. Tib was already at that place when they met and that just kind of how they like connected. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the really terrible line from um, Lawton, uh, Mariana's husband, where they come to, oh, Mariana's like, oh, I'll be in town. It'll just be me. Come visit. And so Anne gets so excited. They see each other through a doorway and rushes in. And then she sees Mariana's husband. It's just right there. It's like, oh, Anne, whatever. And then she's like, got it. They're both like, mm-hmm. got it. And Mariana's like, oh my gosh, sorry. I couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> sorry, babe. I will say this line was so insane to me. Mr. Lawton goes, the road to Halifax, you know, they were talking about like, uh, the rain there was something like there was a delay in the rain mm-hmm. with rain or something like that and it was like there are pools enough to take a the road to Halifax there are pools enough to take a bath in if I were inclined to bathe and I was like bitch what are you implying that you just don't bathe he said that and then just like laughed like what an absurd idea and I'm like what is the point of this joke I don't get it that Mariana married this like cruel like crude like gross stinky man. old man yeah yeah and well, I'm we like, know Anne Lister was obsessed with being clean which like I stand that because you know me but yeah she oh, was like yeah she was like obsessed with like bathing and like if she saw somebody's fingernails were dirty she like like judged them in her diary like that like was a real mark against people's character in her opinion and she was like really like anal about things being clean and herself being clean <laughs> But I'm like, just, I'm just like, who would say that? What? I don't, I, I don't know. There were some lines of dialogue in this movie that was like. There was some I was like, this, why? It, uh, it was not good at yeah. all. It was terrible. Um, uh, then we notes. get to the engagement ceremony. So as of now, Mariana's been married about a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and at this point, they're talking about, like, people are asking her if she wants kids and Mariana's kind of implying that she's open to it. And Anne is just kind of like looking at her like, what? Oh, like at one point, privately, is like, oh, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about having kids. She's like, you understand we can't do that. And I don't want you sleeping with him to produce kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's like a lot of things in this relationship where we definitely saw Mariana was a thousand percent delivering a different relationship to her husband than Anne thought she was giving her. Yeah. No, they, like, had They're sex and him. stuff. Because I remember I told you that Charles Lawton, like, had slept with one of their maids and got, like, a venereal disease. And slept mm. with Mariana, gave it to her, then Mariana was with Anne, and then Anne got it. And then I think, and then there was a diary intro I was reading where Anne, and A with the Anne with the E, thought she mm. gave that to Anne Walker because she was acting funny, like, after. One time oh, it turned no. out just to be her period. So I'm in her diary, she was like, thank God. Because <laughs> she was worried she had, like, oh, given her that, that STD. So she said she had lied to her that she's like, yeah. oh, never, <laughs> I've never known the touch of another. Yeah. Totally stares straight into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. Okay, also, about- a note I had, where's Marion? 
I missed Mary. Oh, yeah. She wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. She wasn't yeah. in this movie at all, and I was, like, mad. Yeah, Marion doesn't exist. Uh, her father doesn't exist. Um, Vera Hobart doesn't exist. She didn't go to Paris for, like, two or three years, like she did, for real, where she met Vera Hobart. You know, like, it was after her uncle died. Remember, there's a scene where she's, like, talking about leaving for Paris, but then she doesn't, and she decides mm-hmm. to stay. That didn't happen. Yeah. She straight up, she did leave. She's like, yeah, she left. There, a line I wrote down is secluded as I am. I have the means to happiness. And I literally wrote, LOL, what? She traveled. Like, she went everywhere. Yeah. Which I understand budget constraints of this BBC TV movie were not high. They could not fake Paris. Yeah, they cut out the whole thing where she traveled all the time. Like, she lived in Paris. Oh, well, they, they left out um flipping um, Maria Barlow. After, Maria Barlow, after- they left out her going to, like, medical school yeah that's when she was in paris she was in paris a long time and that was after mariana got married because maria barlow was her rebound it wasn't mrs brown it was mrs barlow who was a blonde woman in paris that was like a widow yeah Uh, a young widow but she was a widow like that they completely left that out that was some years she spent in paris then she came back her uncle died and then she left for paris again and that's where she met vera hobart and then she came back, and then she got together with Ann Walker, and then yeah. they went traveling again. They cut out the whole travel thing, which was so important to her. Yeah. They really cut out, they talked about her reading and educating herself a little bit, but like it wasn't as much as in the show. And then this really threw me off and really was like, what? Like when Christopher Rawson proposed to her. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> literally my note. And first of all, the first note I have is like, why is Chris Rawson the best looking man in this show so yeah. far? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next thing is like, did Rawson ever propose? What the fuck? And I was like, oh, they're trying to make a Pride and Prejudice thing. <laughs> I think they were trying to be like, oh, I this man kind of hates her, but low-key respects her as an intellectual equal because we do get a little bit of cold drama because Which that is, is the what... timeline on that is really inaccurate, no. too, so it doesn't even count. Um, and then... Oh, and then Rawson immediately reacts with... Which, in this case, it's actually right, of like, oh, well, you know, you're not that cute and you're probably a lesbian. Anyway, to the <laughs> trope that... Like, anytime you reject a guy, whatever your yeah. orientation, they're like, I wasn't into you anyway. Also... I'm not going to take this personally because you probably hate men and aren't attracted mm. to them, whatever. And he like immediately does that. And I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. What I saw, I was like, really? <laughs> Is this what we're doing movie? Uh, it was just, that didn't make any sense. Like the whole timeline, she didn't get into the coal business till after she got back from Paris and was like involved with Ann Walker. And they started that coal business way before that. Yeah. Like in this movie. And then she, and then the whole Ann Walker thing really confused me, really confused me. And well, I guess we should back up a bit. So, like, Mariana does come back and they have this, like, sex scene or whatever. And then she says, like, when Charles dies, I'll come be with you. But then there's a whole thing about the kids. And then she, like, leaves again and they, like, stop contact. And then Ann Walker comes into the pit, it comes into the picture. And it's like, and and Lister goes to her not because she's like fortune like they bring up her money for like a second like after yeah. her brother dies and she goes to visit her but it's automatically about the coal it's not like in the show where she was just courting her and in real life in real life where she was just courting her it was like straight up like pops up to her house uh yo I need somebody to do this coal for me 
<laughs> that's their whole relationship. Yeah. And then she and moves Bruna, in. And, and look, let me tell you, Brunette and Walker was just all about it. <laughs> and then she, she moves really... in with her. Like, for no reason, except she feels afraid because they had that weird interaction in the street, which didn't happen. And which then... wouldn't have so, happened, because you wouldn't intimidate two, like, respectable-looking ladies, especially one of them was loaded and your cousin, and yeah. could snitch on you to your mom mm-hmm. and to all your other... Co- like, he would not have threatened his own fa- his own family in the street like that, his wealthier, more powerful cousin. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. And then, so the newspaper article thing, that did happen. But it happened like Wait. a year. It, that happened in real life. But not oh. then. It happened way after they were married. It happened like, let's say, late 1834, 1835. After they were married. See, that's like an amazing that, like, that, bit of That drama. did happen. Somebody put that in the newspaper to make fun of them. But it didn't happen like when they were just not even. They had no romantic relationship. They just like... Analyst, and it was like when Miss Priestley comes by and is like, You need to come home because people, this newspaper article, that's not how it happened. Obviously, we know that from the show. The way it happened in the show is pretty true to life. It is true to life. It's the diaries. Um, this, well, it's like this weird timeline that really, really frustrates me. As somebody oh, can we talk history. about the really terrible banquet where they're outed at a banquet? Do you remember this scene? Can you refer? I've watched this this morning, yeah. but like. So they go to this, uh, I just wrote awkward ass party. I forget what it was for, but Mariana and Ann Walker's there and like around, but she's not really interacting with her. Mariana and her husband are there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Anne is there. And then, um, Christopher. Oh, Chris Rawson comes up to Charles Lawton and goes, Hey, Hey, did you know your wife is kind of gay? And he like I'm in according to the scene, uh, Law. Um, I'm getting their last names confused because they're so similar. Lawton doesn't question and immediately like looks askance at his wife and like sees them like hurriedly talking in a corner. And then Mariana tries to like come and play super nice, and then he's immediately like shut down, gone cold on her, like ew. And I was just like, when? What is this supposed to be? Yeah, and it made it seem like they were kind of happy too at one point, but I think they always had like a marriage where he was off doing his thing and she was always doing her stuff with Anne. Like, it seemed like that was a pretty like yeah. mutual understanding in their, yeah. in their marriage. But like, that- the whole Anne Walker storyline just bothers me because they made her seem like a throwaway character and then they get to this thing where like Anne, Wa- Anne Lister's like, well, you know what, they she's your cousin, your aunt in this thing because they think Mrs. Priestley's her aunt, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what she's insinuating, right? And yeah. she, like, kisses her, and she was like, she goes like, <gasps> but she's fine with it. And then she, like, grabs her boob awkwardly, and she's like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you have more practice at grabbing a boob than this, and yeah. Lister. Come on now. And then they, like, start making out, and they start doing it. And then the next thing, they're potting plants. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> This was so insane. Like, <laughs> did Sally Rainwright like really? I was. I think they did an interview with SAG after um, her and uh, Saran Jones about this show, and like Sally Rainwright like shaded the f out of this movie. She was like, "Oh, they had Anne Walker doing it. It's not because she's a very like quiet, soft spoken yeah. person." 
and nice. But she was like, they just, they did, clearly didn't read the diaries. And like, Anne Walker's just there potting plants. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Anne Walker is entirely too wealthy to ever willingly touch dirt. Like, come on, yeah. guys. Um, oh, can we talk about this really excellent, what is essentially the final fight between Mariana and Anne Lister, which in history we know absolutely not. They stayed in each other's lives until... Yeah, until it was not. It was a lot Lister less dramatic, and it wasn't sexual except for that one Christmas. But, but yeah, it wasn't. But they they still had you know communication. So, yeah. um, I think once Mariana kind of gets the idea that Anne is moving on to other Anne, um, there's a line. They're having a fight, and I forget what the. Oh, at one point, Anne says to her, "Only in bed are you excellent." And I was like, oh, damn. I wrote, like, in my notes, I went, damn. And then the next line is, like, as Miranda's preparing to, like, leave in a huff, she goes, you cannot live without me. And Anne goes, oh, but I do. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, dang. This, their scenes, like, this, which is so annoying, because, like, you get the, like, screaming in the forest and, like, this terrible boob grab scene mm-hmm. and then you get like excellent fight scenes yeah really solid like one-liners here and there and i'm That's like what I feel wow like maybe you're right these actresses didn't like each other they can play like the hate the argument stuff pretty well but they can't be yeah. like intimate but like the one thing they did include that's real is like when she chased her car- her carriage down and oh, like that embarrassed I, her. That I was, liked they, getting to see yeah that was in that scene where uh, anna mariana in the show are arguing in that hotel room and Mariana about saying, like, like oh, how you were so embarrassing. Yeah, that's back what in they the were day. talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just. I will say to its credit with this movie, for as not great as the costumes were, the cinematography I thought was really beautiful. Yeah, the use that, of light in a lot of scenes were was excellent. Yeah, that was um, fun. The cinematography was fine. The acting was okay. Dialogue sucked. It was so historically inaccurate. It was, it was uneven. Painful. Well, like, the dialogue was uneven. There'd be very good moments and then very, very bad ones, you know? Um, it's just, like, the whole treatment of Anne Walker. Like, now that we know so much about her, it just felt like really... It was a huge disservice to, like, her as a person to, like, portray her in this way because she was just this, like, had no backbone, no spine, seemed, like, dumb as rocks, did everything Anne Lister told her to do, was just this plot device to get her over Mariana. But there was yeah. no passion or anything where it was like Anne Lister and Anne Walker did love each other. Now, their relationship wasn't perfect. We get into this. It is kind of the dark side of like their marriage. Like they had a few couple years where they probably really should have broken up because it was pretty dark. Like right before they left for that Russia trip where Anne Lister died, it was pretty bad. But they weren't as toxic <laughs> as Anne and Mariana. And I do think yeah. they belonged with each other. I just think they had issues that if they were alive today, they probably should have gone to couples therapy for. And it been Which funny. honestly, everyone should go to some iteration of therapy. Yeah. But I think it was also a sort of thing. It was like, I, I will say one constant I appreciated with this show, with this uh, TV movie is like they did address people treating her as an invalid mm-hmm. her entire life, despite being a capable adult woman who could do things. Um, I, not that I appreciate it. It it was one consistency that I was like, oh, okay, this looks like a thing that was true to history and the historical record and stuff. But yeah, to your point, she was given no dimension. We didn't even get to see her sweetness or anything that we know about this. Even like, if we're not getting the full depth of this character, we're not getting her backstory beyond her whole family's dead. 
at the very least, we should have gotten, why does Anne like her? If this is where we're yeah. ending this woman's love affairs, like the secret diaries of Anne Lister, we're ending with, this is her end game. This is what happens to her. Why are we not even like, oh, optimist? Like as a viewer, if I didn't know the story, I'm not rooting for this final relationship. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of yeah, like, an, like how I, it's kind of like how I met your mother, sort of thing. Where which a show I refuse to watch on principle, but having like seen just enough like of it to see how when they introduce Kristen Milotti mm-hmm. and they have this wonderful, charming woman. Like you do fall in love with this character. Like I've I've seen the clips of just her being excellent, and I will love Kristen Milotti forever because she's super talented. But in the context, we're like, oh, you gave us someone we liked at the tail end of this. I feel optimistic about. It. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You should end when you introduce a a big grand love like that. Even if you don't see all the depths of it, you should you know be like, oh. I see why he likes her. Mm-hmm. I see why Ann Lister likes Ann Walker, you know. Mm-hmm. And where How I Met Your Mother went wrong is because they got rid of her immediately and, like, erased her <laughs> in the finale. Uh, spoiler alert for a show that's been off the air for, like, five years. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, you know, in, in this case, it's, it's, most, it's almost the same where it's like, here I am is the final love story. You know, we've, we've left the toxic relationship in the past. I want to be excited for this. And nothing. And they end on them gardening together. But, like, not even on a joke. You're not even doing the thing where someone makes a joke, there's laughter, and we pan up. And then get title <laughs> cards of how everyone died. We, we didn't even get that. We just got how everyone died. It was just like, all right, they're just in a greenhouse. Yeah, and then Mariana shows in up, like, randomly and then just leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where, what was the point of this? This is not how you end anything. <laughs> yeah, I just... And then it, it just ended flat. It was like, I've settled. Go away. I don't want to see you anymore. It felt like settling. And that's not... If you're right... Because for better or worse, this movie is not... A, by no means like a historical account, really. It should be treated as like... Not a rom-com, but like a romance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or a, a historical romance. It should be romantic... Am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I should be at least somewhat like not like drawn into like all these love affairs, which like the stuff with Tib was like the only compelling stuff to watch. Like the Ann Walker stuff was unwatchable. The Miss Brown stuff where she basically flirts with her and like gets this girl like really excited about kissing and like hooking up and then immediately loses interest in her, which I do believe was true to Ann Lister's nature mm-hmm. from things that we know about her. But I'm like this you know, we're not seeing any of that. Yeah, we're just like seeing it, it just, just like enough. Relationships that were so much more interesting that actually happened. Yeah. Like her and Maria Barlow's relationship was really interesting. Like they were actually a pretty good match and Maria was like wanted to be with her forever. But then Anne was like, she was too beneath her or something. And then she like went off yeah. of your Hobart and she was too high above her. And then she finally like found somebody in the middle, which was Ann Walker, which is really kind of beautiful, poetic wave of relationship she had until she got the person she was really supposed to be with. So, but we're supposed to like the point of something like this is like the diaries. Like if we were treating this as like in terms of straight romance, if we did something like a Casanova, each mm. I feel like each relationship should illuminate a different aspect of the of the main the through line characters, like who they are and mm-hmm. who they grow to be, and none of these relationships did that. Mm-hmm. for her we never really got to see 
and grow. We never really got to see her, you know, see these each. All these people are so interchangeable. Like we didn't really get to see any them bring out different aspects of her personality. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it just it's disappointing. The ca- the use of character in the show was not well done. Like no. None of them were really developed. You didn't really know their motivation. Like, I just think Gentleman Jack did a way better job of developing each. I feel like I'd know after watching, like, one episode, I kind of know what each individual character's motivation is. And that just goes show, like, how good a writer Sally Rainwright is. And how easy it is, if you really try and do the research, to keep something historically accurate. Like, there's a few anachronisms in Gentleman Jack, but they're so slight that you don't even mind them. I and wouldn't there, mind these anachronisms if they told a better story. Like yeah. in this, I'd be like, yeah. you know, if you're changing the timeline, I could like Shakespeare in Love. No mm-hmm. part of that is real. I mm-hmm. love that movie. Yeah, because it like it makes you feel something. <laughs> there's character development. Yeah, it's there's like, none of that. There's plenty of historical movies. Sorry, there's plenty of historical movies that aren't historically accurate, but they're good. But this was just not. I mean, no Tito shade any of these actresses. Like, no, it's the not actress, your fault. But my like, quibbling is not with the acting. Even with the writing, I feel like this is, I feel like this is the victim of a lot of cutting. Yeah. Like, I feel like if this writer had, based on like a couple of the really good scenes we had, if she had had two hours or three hours or like a mini series length thing, I think it would be closer to something that would be enjoyable. But she was trying to sum up 15-ish years of a woman's yeah. life in 90 minutes. Yeah, and what was also the most, probably one of the most important relationships in her life, too. They're just trying to, like, condense this hour and a half long movie, so. Yeah. For a part, seemed like a pretty limited budget. Extremely. Um, but yeah, so I guess, how should we end this? Is there a verdict? Do we recommend this? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that we don't, but at the same time, like, look, we've got a good Listen, I long think, year like, until some- we get more. If you need something to watch in the hiatus, give it a shot. Because I noticed uh, we posted um, an announcement saying we were doing this episode. And some people said they liked it. And that's fine. I just like, it's not comparable. Like, it's it, it's not the, it, you just can't compare it to something as good as Jill yeah. and Jack. I don't think you can. If you treat it as its own thing and you're just like, I miss these characters. I want to watch something where people in period dress are gay together. Well, first of all, I'd say watch The Favorite instead, um, but or Tipping the Velvet. But if you must, if you really miss this universe, sure. Um, you know, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Yeah. Well, free if you have Amazon Prime. So it's it's something like put it on while you do other things. I think I was doing weekend work uh, while I watched this, so... It's definitely, um, it's a, it's a chill background thing. If, you know, if you miss this universe and you have laundry to fold and you, you know, aren't someone who needs good dialogue in a movie, go for it. Yeah. It's just like, everyone is trying their best. They really are. Yeah. There's just so many good lesbian period dramas. This wasn't one of them. But it's okay. Like, I would say watch it so you can at least... It will make you appreciate Gentleman Jack more and just how much work they put into the show. Really? And how much yeah. they seem to really care and, like, respect the diaries. And it's just, like... It makes me excited, too, for them to delve into 
her past a little bit more. I want to see, you know, we talked about this in our last episode, a little bit more flashbacks, a little bit more getting to see, um, what, what, what made Ann Lister, you know, who she is now at the end of the series. Um, I want to see her wild days more. I think her and Tib really got up to some like raunchy stuff probably. So I really want to see more of that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that either. Um, yeah, so I think this wraps things up for us. Um, Kelsey, where can people find you online? So you can follow me online at the Kelsey P. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm on all of those. Um, so follow me there if you want to know more. On Twitter, I am at underscore I am living color. And on Instagram, I'm at I am living color. Cool. So. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back in about another month-ish with a brand new episode. Um, Where we watch, I think, The Favorite is next Are we doing that next? We'll do that next. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of playing um, in the lesbian period drama land for these next few episodes, um, but all relating back to the world of Gentleman Jack. So I think we'll have a really good review for The Favorite coming up next. Um, Speaking of yeah. reviews, please leave us yeah, leave five us a review. stars on iTunes. or um, And, you know, don't forget to, to subscribe to us there on Spotify, whatever podcatcher you use. Um, And if you also have stuff you want to hear from us uh, or recommendations for what you want us to talk about on an episode or media you want us to consume and report back on, don't be shy. Hit us up uh, on our handles, personal handles, or on at JackTheLastPod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yes. And we're active on all those. We see all the messages and everything. We're really good about responding. So hit us up on there if you want to hear about anything. We have all the episodes pretty much for this year planned out. So we have other stuff coming too that are related to Gentleman Jack that aren't related to Gentleman Jack. Um, We're going to be working on some stuff that's going to take a little more time too. And then we also will always have fun stuff on our Instagram account and Facebook and Twitter. You know, memes, uh, behind the scenes stuff with us, stuff about the show. Um, to keep you guys entertained while we're doing this year of hiatus. But in about a year time, guys, we'll probably have like trailers and stuff to watch. That'll be really exciting. I know. I know. So just hang tight in there. We're going to make sure that your year is filled with lots of fun content on our socials and here on this podcast. So that's it for us this week. Um, We're going to see you guys in about a month. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye. Stay gay. Jack the Last the Podcast is a That Hipster Kid production, produced, edited, and narrated by Kelsey P. Jones and Carrie Kears. Music is by Epidemic Sound. <laughs>